Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is May 15th, 2022. Time is 18.04 and joining me tonight is Al, a.k.a. Big Daddy Prep. What's up, Al? How are you, my friend? How are you? We're just, uh, have a little rain here, Arkansas. A rare event for us. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, that's about it. So, uh, couple quick announcements before we get into the show. I wanted to let you, I wanted to let everybody out there know... I am attending Prepper Camp 2022. It is official. We will have a booth there. Um, Prepper Camp 2022 is taking place September 23rd, 24th, 25th in Saluda, North Carolina. And if you guys want tickets to this, you simply go to PrepperCamp.com and you could find tickets there. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you guys, you could find me and Al on TikTok me on there at it's doomsday podcast 2.0 and you could find al on there at big underscore daddy underscore prep and email which is very important the email is it's doomsday podcast at gmail.com and we had a uh email from a listener i'm not going to give you his full name i'm just gonna we're just gonna go with travis um Travis says, hello, Jester and Al. I am a prepper and I listen to y'all's podcast series. I would like to suggest a topic for y'all on an episode. Stealth and not leaving a single trace. Stealth like avoiding known places, putting out a campfire without leaving a smoke trail, not leaving noticeable footprint trail, uh, not tampering of objects like fences, windows, and doors to abandoned places. Um, And he says, thank you from Travis. So, Travis, we are absolutely going to tear into this, but me and Al kind of had a little bit better of an idea. We figured this was the perfect time to discuss the gray man, being a gray man, right? right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great time for that. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. But just to check off some things on Travis's list here real quick, uh, the best way you're going to put out a fire without leaving a smoke trail is dirt, simply dirt. That's it. That's about one of the best things you could do. If you add water to it, it's going to make more smoke. If you're not capable of, um, if you're not capable of acquiring dirt for whatever reason, you may not be able to, you want to get a stick and you want to move those logs apart. So they slowly fizzle out on their own. Right. It's still going to leave some smoke, but not as much as if you're pouring water on it. Right. Um, But again, yeah, go with the dirt as far as, I got a good Go idea for you too, Jester. Also, Southwest Prepper, somebody who reminded me of an old technique that happened many, many moons ago. But recently, he did a video on the old Dakota fire hole where you dig a hole. Of course, you have to do it with the right kind of dirt. You can't do it in sandy dirt, but you dig a hole that actually has an air vent on the other side. It's sort of like a U shape underground. 
you build a fire that's somewhat under the surface of the ground itself where it can't be visible from distances also that other fire hole we'll just have to do, I'll have to do a video one day on my, my channel and show how you do it or reference his but the old Dakota fire hole doesn't show doesn't show light it doesn't show as much smoke and because it's in a hole and the other side is an air chamber that feeds the hole it keeps a lot of the smoke down but I need to reference that. I'll do that this week. I'll re reference a video that he did or try to get him to put it back up again. But it's a, it's a great idea. Gotcha. Um, a couple more things in this email here. Uh, not leaving a noticeable footprint trail. Um, the, the best thing I can give you for that is, number one, pick your feet up when you walk. Do not shuffle your feet. This is easy to do on flat terrain. When you're going up steep terrain and down steep terrain, it's very hard to not leave a noticeable trail. Yep. Okay. I've been hiking for years in mountain, mountainous areas, and I can tell you that when you're going up and down steep stuff, that's everything you can do not to fall down the hill. Um, you, you will be sliding on dead leaves. If the ground's a little bit wet, it's going to go out from under you. You're going to leave boot marks. It's, it's very hard to do. Um, one thing you can do, too, is you could take the path that's least traveled by humans. If you find a deer trail that's already worn in or a game trail, take the game trail. Um, I wouldn't suggest this in an area that's known to have a lot of predators. Um, but if it's an area that's not heavy in predators, that deer trail is probably going to be your best bet because it's going to be free of leaves. The ground's already going to be hardened from the deer walk in the path. That's that's what i would suggest in that respect and then there's also the idea uh if you're traveling through water you're not going to leave much of a trace traveling through water um the other thing uh not tampering of objects like fences windows and doors to abandoned places if somebody's looking for it if they're actively investigating if something was tampered with it's going to be pretty hard to cover that up the best i could tell you is look for things that are already you know soft targets things that are already open things that aren't locked doors you could easily open gates you can easily open and close them behind you right Correct. that's that's about your best bet for that i tracked so, a lot of inmates over the moving years, on into the green <laughs> i i change i say that again I, now i uh i tracked a lot of convicts over the years and working for the prison system and let me tell you something if you want to stay to where someone doesn't find you stay away from people okay the least traveled areas are your best bet and also remember anytime you cross a path i.e a road whether it be a, a sandy road a dirt road whatever you're leaving tracks behind so try to walk as best you can maybe in the ditch maybe if it's dry don't leave a muddy path don't leave a loose dirt path trail try to stay on grassy areas to where your print doesn't stay for a long period of time and like you said those game trails they're excellent excellent now i know we all see it in the movies where you'll see a guy dragging a tree branch behind him to break up the footprints um your average boy scout is going to be able to distinguish what happened there okay that's not you're going to leave a different mark other than a footprint and it's going to be a mark that's clearly made by somebody and not an animal Okay, <laughs> so anyway, um, but one of the best things you can do to remain stealthy in these scenarios is be the gray man, right? So, Al, I know you did some research on this, and uh, before we get into what I got, I'd love to hear what you have to say first. 
Well, the gray man topic is, it sounds like the most simple topic ever. Staying away from people. Stay away, stay away to where people don't see you, don't notice you. You're not noticeable. Unfortunately, to sound so simple, it can be one of the most complex things because certain markers and certain things that you put off by you, your presence, your smell, your sound, alert people to who you are or that you're present. The gray man technique is able for you to be able to be by yourself and not be noticed or be in a room full of people and not be noticed. And it encompasses a lot of different things. Understand that uh, certain things stick out. You and I both know senses, our senses, what sight, smell, sound, hearing, all those things draw us to people. Why do people have flashing signs in places so you'll look there? You want to be as anti that procedure as possible. You don't want to be wearing anything that smells loud, anything that shines or has a marking that stands out, colors that stand out, things like that. You're trying to be like wallpaper, literally, like a wallpaper of life. People put on camouflage to try to hide from people. In the gray man situation, you are the camouflage. You are what makes you not be noticed. It is a skill and an art to be able to walk through a scene where something bad is going on and no one ever know you were there. Or to be able to enter some uh, an area and no one notice you. Because so many people stand out. When you see a guy with a long beard and big muscles and tattoos, he stands out. A woman with loud perfume, red high heels, stands out. But the gray man, who's wearing plain clothing, nondescript, very quiet, mild-mannered, looking as if he's not, not causing any problems, simply trying to go about his business, that's the gray man. And as you study the gray man idea, you can actually see the people that, well, they put that into their normal practice of life. And you've tried to figure out why are they trying to be the gray man? Because once you understand the gray man idea mentality, you wonder why are they trying to be the gray man? That makes it automatically that you are drawn to that person. <laughs> drawn to why are they why are they doing that? You know, everybody else tries to stand out to crowd. The gray man doesn't stand out at all. Hey preppers, do you want ten percent off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Absolutely. And guys, I found a really good website. It'll, it's too much for us to read on the show unless we would do like a three-part series on this, and I just prefer not to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but um, <laughs> com has a very, very good article on this, okay? Um, and it breaks down the 41 essential rules of being the gray man, all right? I will post the uh, website in the show notes here. But as I was reading through the article, there's one thing we always uh, talk about, and there's the beginning of the article has this and it's being great to your neighbors, your family and friends. Okay. When you're a prepper, we start stocking up on stuff a lot. Okay. And this is something you don't want your coworkers to know about. This is something you don't want your neighbors to know about. 
uh, maybe not all of your family members, maybe not all of your friends. Okay. In that sense, keeping this under wraps, keeping these things hidden, that's a gray man tactic. Okay. Now, depending on your level of paranoia, it goes as far as removing addresses from survival companies off boxes you get in the mail before you put them out for the recycling. Some people take this to an extra level and they go very extreme with it. But for the sake of remaining, being the gray man with inside your home, okay, be very cautious what you got showing up, be very cautious of who you're telling what you have. And I know what you guys are thinking, well, you and Al, you guys put a lot of stuff on TikTok out there. Yeah, but we're not showing you everything we have and no one knows where the hell I'm at. And we're not putting Al's address out there either. No, and, and actually to find what I do, you would have to be right beside me 24-7 because <laughs> I don't show you the good stuff. I just show you what I want to. Absolutely. That's that's where I'm at, too. I'll do a video every once in a while showing some stuff off or, you know, maybe suggesting something to you guys or doing a how-to, but you don't know everything I have here, okay? Now... There, one of the best ways that I could, you know, we were talking about being, being a gray man and, and Al mentioned the camouflage guys. I want you to think two scenarios in your head. You have urban environment. Okay. And then you have the woodland environment. All right. Woodland environment, you know, things like camouflage, ghillie suits, uh, clothes that blend well to your environment. That's obviously a good tactic to remain invisible in the woods and be as gray as possible. In an urban environment, tactical clothing, tactical gear, uh, tactical backpacks, um, anything, molly, chest rigs, vests, all these things for the urban environment survival side of things are bad. These are not good things. You don't want these things. I know a lot of us have that mentality of I want that, you know, militarized look because it's intimidating. It's scary to people. They're not going to mess with me. I look like I'm capable. You are. But if there's somebody out there in the bush with a rifle ready to take your ass out, they're not going to care about that. You have a target. You clearly have gear. You clearly spent money on what you're doing. They're going to want to get what you have. That stuff's going to be valuable. So when we talk about grayness in an urban setting, your regular Jan Sport backpack that you pick up at Walmart is going to do you better than that Molly bag is, right? Right. And as far as clothing goes, you know, maybe having just like a decent jacket that's waterproof and maybe having just like neutral color clothing and not camouflage and tactical gear is going to prove to serve you better right correct correct they're not gonna i mean like think about it now how many people are going to be cure more curious about what's in that molly bag versus what's in that jan sport backpack absolutely you know i have a statement here that says uh, understanding the gray man theory and says the gray man is someone who can blend into any environment or situation such as having the ability to move through a crowd or place unnoticed if you have on all that Molly gear and all that, uh, I call it Sergeant Slaughter over the top. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. You're not blending in. Matter of fact, you're becoming a target. You are painting the target on your own back. So blend in. A gray man knows how to hide in plain sight while not appearing to have anything to hide. 
So that's that's my key right there. So I uh, I briefly did some work. Um, we were doing work at high end weddings. Okay, like really expensive weddings, and they wanted armed. They wanted armed security there. They wanted armed guys there in case anything broke bad. Okay, now when I originally signed up for this detail, I I didn't understand how it was going to work, and is it was explained to me. Look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to show up in a suit and tie. Um, you need to have a badge and your ID, but you don't want it to be visible. Um, we're not worried about having cuffs or batons or OC or anything like that. The only thing I want you to have is your firearm and a couple backup mags. You need nothing else, right? Because they didn't want, they didn't want you to appear at the wedding, you know, as a threat or as somebody that's going to handle business. They wanted you to just look like any other person that was there. Right. Right. So I showed up, suit and tie, uh, gun on one side. I, I had my badge on my belt, but it was it was tucked into my it was tucked into the side to where my sport coat covered it. Uh, excuse me, um, got a frog in my throat there. <clears throat> um, it happens. It happens. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but yeah, so I had I had my gun tucked a little further back than what I would normally have it, so you couldn't see it. Um, and I had my badge on the other side, and then I had my backup mags actually further behind where I would normally have them, because I usually have a lot of that stuff front-facing on my on my duty belt, but this was a different situation entirely. But that's what they wanted, and that's one of that's one of the only times I think I, I worked a detail where I had to be the gray man. That's the only one that I could think of. Um, but nobody knew what we were doing there. Nobody, nobody knew that we were armed that, you know, there, we didn't have anything break bad at the wedding. It was, it was totally fine, but that's what was required. They wanted us to be gray. They wanted us to blend. Correct. That's, that's the best thing. Here's a prime example of that. When the president's detail is out, you see all the secret service agents around them. You see those guys. You don't see the others that are all over the place taking pictures and looking for autographs. There's all kinds of people that are Secret Service agents. You have no idea they're amongst the crowd. So that are the perfect gray man. So that, that tells you right there, the gray man tactic is used by a lot more than just preppers. It's used by a lot of agencies also because they provide more security than what you even see. Exactly. And one thing that I did want to cover within this topic is, um, you know, I'm sure you guys are out there kind of thinking to yourselves now, well, Alan Jester, if I plan on bugging out, how do I bug out as a gray man? How do I do it? Okay. There are some essentials to your gear that you're going to need to have. All right. Number one, I, I highly recommend everybody for your boots that you're bugging out with. I highly recommend everybody has waterproof boots. I highly recommend it. Uh, two reasons. Yeah. One, you're going to encounter water when you're out. The other thing is waterproof boots do a better job at holding heat in. And these come in a lot of different variations. You can get waterproof cowboy boots. You can get tack boots. You can get like regular work boots. But for the sake of being the gray man, a good set of waterproof hiking boots are going to be your best friend, especially if you're talking about going out in different terrain. All right. Correct. Correct. When we talk about when we talk about pants, this is a little bit different of a story. Uh, I highly, highly recommend having zip off short pants they're kind of hard to find they're not as common as they used to be back in the 90s but temperatures are going to fluctuate a lot when you're moving you want to be able to remain cool okay so i highly recommend having zip offs 
and the zip-offs that I would recommend, nobody's going to bat an eye too much in somebody that's wearing like a khaki pant, all right? Cargo shorts are not something typically people bat an eye at. So these are going to be something that's acceptable. And the benefit of having cargo pants is you could take more stuff with you. I understand that we're not, you know, we're bugging out as a gray man. So you're not going to have your big molly bag with you with all your essentials, okay? Yep. The next thing I have to throw on this list, and this is going to seem a little bit out there, all right? <laughs> Guys, well, do not underestimate. Do not underestimate the power of the fanny pack, okay? <laughs> right. They do work. They work really well. I keep going around a lot for stuff. So they even sell these things now with weapons compartments in them. They sell ones that are designed specifically for concealed carry, okay? Yep. Now, not too many people are going to bat an eye at anybody that's, you know, that has a fanny pack on. They're going to think you're, you're, you're maybe someone that's, you know, coming out of the 80s and you still got this thing to hold some extra stuff. Or maybe you're, you're a hiker or you're a bird watcher and you got some extra things in there you may need, right? But again, the fanny right. pack doesn't raise too many flags and it gives you an extra area of storage, okay? Now, um, the one thing I have to throw out for this too, when we talk about, you know, upper body clothing, okay, uh, guys, a regular a regular T-shirt, I recommend like a neutral color, a, uh, a brown or a black shirt, something like that. I don't recommend white, okay? Um, mainly because if, if, if you're in a, a hot area and the sun's out and you strip down, you're gonna, you can get sunburnt through those shirts, okay? I do recommend having those shirts also be long sleeve as well. You can always roll those sleeves up, sleeves up, and if in a pinch, if you're injured, you could rip those sleeves off, and you could use them to, uh, you know, kind of like a tourniquet, or you could use them to stop bleeding, things like that, right? So those are also right. great to have. Go, go with the long sleeves. When we're layering over that, I recommend having flannel again, a neutral color, a a maybe like a uh, forest green, a brown, a black, a gray, something along those lines. And then when it comes for something to go over that. I recommend having either a neutral color hoodie and or a waterproof jacket, again, with a neutral color. You can always wrap these things up and tuck them behind your back and carry them with your backpack. Okay, you don't have to keep these things on. I also recommend also having a ball cap. Okay, and not, you know, not like your trucker cap that's got the vents, an actual ball cap. Uh, when you're when you're traveling a lot, you're going to want to keep the sun off your face. It's going to save you from having to carry a lot of uh suntan lotion and things like that uh also keeping the sun out of your eyes is great when you're going in and out of wooded areas anybody that's ever been hiking a lot or hunting a lot you know when you're walking through a field and that sun's bright and then you go into the you go into the wilderness where you're under the canopy and it's a little bit darker you're going to have problems seeing as good right so keeping that sun out of your eyes is going to be beneficial as well uh again with the ball caps neutral colors okay um, nothing that's really going to stand out. I wouldn't recommend wearing something blaze orange either. All right. Uh, sunglasses are good. And when it comes to sunglasses, guys, don't, again, nothing tactical. Don't go out there with the Oakley gas cans. All right. Personally, I recommend for these situations, I recommend a UV reflective, uh, safety glass, right. Is, is what I recommend. Okay. Tinted safety glasses. That's my recommendation. And even just having regular safety glasses in general, if you're traversing through the woods at night, getting poked in the eye at night, you know, in low light conditions is very, you know, it, it happens. And nobody's going to bat an eye to a guy that's wearing a dollar set of Harbor Freight safety glasses. Right. It's not going to be, right. you know, it's not going to be a thing. As far as backpacks go, um, 
regular average hiking pack or a Jansport backpack, something that's not going to draw a lot of attention to yourself. My primary bug out bag is actually my hiking bag as well. And it is a black and red pack. It's, I mean, it's not, it doesn't really stand out a whole lot. Um, but there's two reasons why I want that. One, it shows that I'm not trying to be stealthy. And two, if something happens and I get injured, I have a little bit of red on my backpack that I could rip off and put up as a flag. Right. So that's primarily why I have that. And as far as things to go in the bags, guys, that's a topic for another day. We, we've covered a lot uh, on bags. We're not going to get into that. We're talking just being the gray man in general. Uh, the other thing I recommend having within your gray, your uh, gray stuff, too, is I recommend having bandanas of neutral colors in there. Um, protect your back of your neck from the sun. Maybe if you're in smoky conditions, uh, a lot of dusty conditions. Maybe if you need to filter some sediment out of some water. Bandanas are key. And again, nobody's batting an eye to the guy that's maybe wearing a bandana around his neck in high sun conditions. Right. Right. So Al, what do you think? Is there anything you, you would like to add into the gray man outerwear? Yeah. Well, there's a few things. First of all, as you go and you obtain these things, you're going to go, well, I want to keep these for what I have to be a gray man. Well, the first thing you don't want to do is go buy an entire, wardrobe of things that you might need and just stick it back because first of all um, some of us get fatter some of us get skittier okay that's a fact all right so you want to make sure what you've got is well uh well worn but not worn out you need it to be comfortable okay the worst thing in the world is put on new clothing and be uncomfortable so this is something you need to wear and wash a few times and make sure it's comfortable for you first of all it doesn't need look look like it just popped off the store counter First of all, second of all, shoes. When it comes to shoes, you go buy the appropriate shoes you think are going to be wonderful and fine for it. You need to break them in. The worst thing you can do in a situation where you're trying to not stick out is have something that's hurting you that makes it stick out to you because that that um, uncomfortableness with you sends out a look and a pheromone that tells people look at you. So. The shoes, the clothes, the all the things that you have, break up the colors, break them in to a certain extent, make sure they, they look like they've been worn before. You don't want to look like everything just came off the off the hanger and you know what you look like the first day when you go to school, the very first day. I mean, you know how kids are, they're all there stiff with their new jeans on and their their new backpack. You don't want to look like that. You want to look like this is the natural you, you know, you're just trying to get from place to place or do whatever. So get those things, get them broke in good, make sure they're comfortable with you, because when you're going to be moving around like this, you don't want to be uncomfortable. That's That would be one of my main things, I would say. And also, you have to maintain situational awareness. Understand, you don't want to stick out, but you need to be looking at everything that sticks out to you. Okay? Try to avoid situations where you're dealing with other people. You know, Jester says something about about sunglasses. Absolutely, sunglasses good. Keep the sun out. Keep the dust out of your eyes. But as you're moving through, whether it be a, a city environment, a, a, a urban environment, a a uh, wooded environment, the worst thing you can do in the world is take a stick to the eye. So definitely glasses. Maybe something that self-tinting to a certain degree. Okay, maybe it tints more. Maybe it lessens up whenever you're in a darker environment like a wooded area like underneath a canopy 
you want to protect everything about you. You want to protect your skin. You want to be able to roll down those sleeves to get the sun off you or possibly take, like Jester said, be able to take the bottom of those pants off the, the leggings part of you can. But have good, reliable footwear because they say an army fights on their feet and fights on their stomach. Well, both are true. But nothing is worse in the world to be uncomfortable on your feet. So make sure everything you have is comfortable to you. You need to do that. That's a, that's a definite yes. Um, as far as not broadcasting to the world that you're, that you're prepared, that's a, that's a big, big yes. You don't want to broadcast everybody. It's a big no-no not to broadcast that you're a prepper or you're ready or you're, you're trying to flee or you're trying to get someplace without anybody noticing you. You just want to blend in. Avoid people. But if you have to be around people, just try to like take the path of least resistance. Don't get around people. And also, before you go into an area, try to develop some kind of strategic avoidance of confrontation. You know, look at the situation before you just go walking in. I, I used to teach at the cadets in the academy. Try to assess the situation. Don't run into a bad situation. Lay back, see what the situation is, and then enter slowly watching everything around you. I'll leave her there for you, for you right now, Jester. <laughs> yeah, lot, lots of good information there, though, from Al. So, again, it's I, I have an example, and Al, I think you could understand this, and I think that anybody out there that's ever working ever work construction can understand this. So let's here's a scenario: you're out there on the job, you're doing what you're doing, you're doing the work. You know when a supervisor shows up, and how do you typically know that, Al? You know because everybody starts getting right. They start acting right. They start doing right. They start straightening up, or the guy that's always being a loudmouth hushes. So there's there's that and also also the supervisors always got some nice clean boots. He's oh, not yes. covered in dirt. He's got a oh, nicer no. shirt on than everybody else. He's probably got safety glasses that don't have a scratch on them. Their hard hat has never seen a bit of impact. <laughs> like, so no, these guys don't up. blend well. <laughs> right. So that's the no, whole thing, you know. So anyway, that's that was like one uh, scenario I kind of wanted to give you guys and maybe that you can apply that you've you've seen in the real world. Like you can know you know who certain people are of authority when they show up because they do not blend. Right. Yep. Kind of what I was getting at. Um, the other thing is, you know, and, and I my my parents told me this all the time growing up. It's better to be seen and not heard. Right. That's true. and they're. There's so much, yeah, there's so much truth in that. And I never really understood what it meant when I was a kid. It, to me, it just meant stay out of trouble, right? But now I understand what it means because I have kids and I'm always telling my son, you know, you need to stop acting out. You need to fly under the radar more so you can graduate high school. You know what I mean? Stop getting your ass in trouble all the time. It's better to be seen right. and not heard. And that's what I, that's what I try to explain to him all the time. Not in the terms of the gray man theory, but I tell him all the time, you need to do what other people are doing you need to go with the flow if you don't see somebody act in a certain way you don't you don't you act the way they act right you need to just right. blend in more so you fly under the radar and that's exactly how this works okay say that you're in a scenario where things break bad and you see everybody taking off running in a direction and you know that that direction is potentially dangerous and you don't want to go that way okay 
you don't want to casually start walking in the other direction, okay, because you know there's danger in that area, your best bet is to still act as frantic as everybody else is and just go off in a different direction, right? True. No, Very no true. one's going to think, no one's going to think to themselves, oh, this guy's got a better way, or maybe the area he's going to is less threatening. They're going to say, oh, that wacko's, he's screwed. He's going the wrong way. And that's it. And then they're just going to keep running the way they're running. Okay. Also, you know, typically when you see things on the news where, you know, a, a lawful gun owner stops a shooting, stops a robbery, stops something like this. If you go back and you look at the security footage on those tapes, not too many of those guys are open carrying. They are all concealed carrying. And it's not known that they have a firearm in the security footage until they pull them out. So another good example of, of you know, the gray man theory right there. Very true. You know, a lot of gray men are in situations of security in places that you don't expect them to be at. And I actually had a run-in with one one time, and I had no idea he was there. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I saw him confront someone else, but I was like, that guy was just standing right beside me. How did I miss what he was? But he was good at what he did. So, you know. Here, here's another example of this too. And, and Al, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure back in the day, you know, you probably used to throw down and get yourself in a, some street fights and things back in the day. Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> so think about this. It's, you know, it's the loud mouth person that's starting shit. That's usually the one getting their ass kicked, right? That's sure. typically, that's typically what I've seen. It's the quiet ones who don't say anything that remain calm, cool, and collective in those situations that usually end up beating the hell out of somebody. I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. Right. Yep. These people, you know, they, they don't look like they can fight. They're sitting back quiet. Um, they're, they're assessing the situation. They are watching people's movements. And then when things break bad, they come out and they beat the hell out of people. Right. Yes. Because they're underestimated. People underestimate them. They really do. So there's the, I guess the thing I'm trying to get across to you guys is I want you to start watching for these gray man situations in everyday life. Okay. The, the more you start applying this in your daily life, the more you watch it, the more observant you are, the easier it's going to be for you to adapt to this. Okay. Because I'm, because I'm former law enforcement, I, I am always watching people. I'm watching their movements. I'm watching their hands, specifically their hands. I'm seeing what they're doing, if they're acting out, things like this. There's been so many times where I've seen somebody, and I clearly can see that they're on drugs and they're about to do something stupid, and I'll pull my kids in closer to me, or I'll tell my wife, like, we need to get going, like, now. And she has no idea what I'm talking about, and I, and I say, that guy over there in the red shirt, he's, he's, he's on something, we need to go before something happens right or someone will be acting really really goofy and and because she didn't have the training that i did she's just completely oblivious to what's going on and the kids don't know they're obviously children but when you have this mentality when you develop this mentality and you could look for these situations that just don't seem right they're so much easier to pick up once you notice it it's very hard to unnotice so start doing these things in daily life guys you'll pick up on it really quick very true, very true. You know, Jester, the gray man mentality is the mentality of not being seen, not being heard, 
but as you watch other people employ it, once you understand it, you'll be able to pick them out. You go, God, that guy's acting kind of, you know, standoffish, and he's, you know, not trying to, he's not trying to uh, be seen in the crowd, or he's being awfully quiet, or gee, that guy is dressed a certain way. You'll be able to pick it out. You don't see it before you get trained in that area. But as you learn more about it, you can actually pick the gray man out, which is really interesting because, you know, with all the years I spent in corrections and spent identifying people and watching people, it's kind of interesting to go to the mall and see the guy that's trying to blend in. Why is he trying to blend in? Is he undercover cop? Is he uh, loss prevention? What is he, you know? Or is he just a guy that's up to nefarious actions? So I can pick him out. So I got a, uh, I got a good example of this. So, I mean, we're not always on our A game with this either. Uh, about a year ago, somewhere about a year ago, I, uh, went to the gun shop with my buddy and I was with my, I was with my buddy. I was with my wife and I was with my two children. Now me and my wife, we're, we're in a gun shop. I'm not letting my kids run around like crazy. I'm trying to keep, keep an eye on them, trying to keep them, you know, from, running around and ripping a bunch of stuff off the shelves. You know what I mean? It's a gun shop. They're all excited. My kids love guns. So they're, they're all excited. They want to touch everything. Of course. Now my buddy that was with me, he was a former deputy. Okay. He came up to me, pulled me aside and said, Jester, keep your eye on that guy there. And I said, why dude, what's up? And he goes, he has not taken his hand out of his right pocket since he entered the store. And I said, I, I said, Oh no shit. Now, Again, he has that mentality. I have that mentality too, but was distracted with my kids. So there are times you will slip on these things. Since that day, I've, I became aware that, hey, I can't let my kids be as big of a distraction. I need to be watching and observing them, also checking what's going on around me as well. I need to, I need to make sure I'm multitasking and doing both of those things. Before that, I wasn't. I was just, you know, primarily focused on, you know, you know, hurting the kids, <laughs> you know, wrangling those little suckers up. <laughs> well, here's a good example, too, of the gray man. Think about this for a minute now, Jester. Every major serial killer that is found has been performing the gray man for weeks months and years prior to that because most serial killers they don't go out looking for here's joe blow he's a serial killer they look for a serial killer and they know i no idea who he is okay so he is blending in to the environment to be able to do the things that he does he doesn't want to be seen or picked out so you know you take people like ted bundy ted bundy was an outgoing kind of Hello, how are you kind of guy, but he was very gray man when he was up to his nefarious actions. They didn't catch him for years because of that. So, yeah, the gray man works both ways. Criminals employ this a lot, believe it or not. Exactly, guys. Think about this for a second. A con man is never going to look like a con man. A thief is never going to look like a thief. Okay. Criminals will employ gray tactics as well. And that's, you know, I, that's kind of where I was going to end up going with this when we, when we were getting into this is, you know, with observing the gray, the people that are around you that are being gray, you got to think about what they're up to too. 
and guys, a good a good thing to do with this, and and I'm not saying to go overboard into this realm, but if th- think to yourself, if somebody was making a psychological profile on me, right, or they were making any kind of profile on me, where am I going every day? What are the things I'm buying? Is it suggested to me? You know, am I suggesting that I'm a prepper? This, that, the other, and for me, this has worked out badly. Um, I shop at Walmart a lot, way more than I like to. I can't stand Walmart, but sadly, it's one of the only stores I have in my town. Okay. So I, I have to go there. Now I, I go, I buy a lot of food to preserve from Walmart. I buy emergency food kits from Walmart. I buy a lot of first aid products from Walmart. If I see that there's a deal on something, I'll pick it up while I'm there. One day I'm going through the checkout line and this woman starts asking me about prepper stuff. She goes, hey, I know you're a prepper and I've got questions. And I said, really? <laughs> and yeah. she says, yes. She said, she says, I see the stuff you're buying all the time. She goes, I don't know what all of it's for. I'll see you come through here and I'll see you buy 10 gallons of uh, uh, lantern fluid. And then the next day you come through and I see you buying like a whole box of gauze. And then you'll come through and buy a case of alcohol. You know, what kind of stuff should I be buying? And, I, and my wife is sitting there looking at me like, you know, Jester, why, why are we doing this in the middle of the Walmart? There's a line behind us, this, that, the other. And I'm like, well, she's asking me. I'm clearly going to help her. That's what I do, <laughs> you know. Right, right. <laughs> so, but, like, it's it's known to certain uh, Walmart employees that I am a prepper. Now, they don't know where I live. They don't they don't know my name, things like that. But they I've I have made I haven't been very gray in Walmart with my shopping habits, right? Um, you're, you're pretty well noticed when you're rolling out a Walmart with six survival food kits, you know, a couple of first aid kits and some other random odds and ends, you know, (laughs) I I have the unique, um, ability because of my travels on a daily basis around the state to be able to buy things all over the place. So I buy very, very little of large quantities of things in the immediate area I live in. I travel all over the state, so I'll hit Walmarts or I'll hit places all over where I buy things. So believe it or not, a lot of people don't know that about me around here, but there are a lot of preppers in my area too, so I wouldn't necessarily stand out here, but I purchase a lot of things out of town, seeds, uh, uh, medical supplies, uh, large food, food, food's a big thing for me. I buy a lot of things in bulk outside of town, so they don't know who I am. And I travel 250 mile radius, so yeah. So for for you new preppers out there, something I want to throw in with what me and I are talking about right now is having good excuses at the checkout counter is key. Some ones I've used in the past while stocking up on canned goods is, you know, when I'm buying like a case of canned fruit or a case of canned corn. When you get into the realm where it's like, shit, I don't have any of that. I'd like to get a couple cases of that to put back in my food stocks. Oh, we're going to a canned food drive. Yep. Perfect. Perfect excuse. Nobody's going to ask any questions about that. You know, if you're going through and you're buying a lot of medical supplies and someone's looking at you like, oh, what's going on with that? Oh, there's an event coming up this week. My kid's got a uh, my kid's got a soccer tournament. We need to add some stuff to the team's first aid kit, right? Yep. Things think little things like that will shift gears in people's brains and make them start thinking in a different realm. All right. Part of being gray is also being a damn good liar and being able to come up with stories on the spot. I tell them I donate a lot of it to uh, to food banks. 
Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing too. Canned food drive, food bank, um, donating, you know, picking up some stuff for the homeless. And I'll tell you what, guys, and I know we're not in that season yet, but, uh, you know, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas is a good time because everybody knows that there's drives going on for things, right? So if you say, you know, if it's if it's like Black Friday and you're going out shopping, and it's like, yeah, you know, and you're buying a bunch of canned goods because they're running a special at a grocery store. You know, just say, yeah, we missed the food. We missed the food drive for, you know, Thanksgiving. I feel bad about it. So we're going to get a lot of stuff for the Christmas food drive, you know, things like that. I know it's devious, but being gray is devious, right? Well, if you want to continue having what you have, you have to be a little bit devious. You know, when you go into a place that sells discount things and you buy 12 tents, people want to know why you're buying 12 tents. So, you know, I jokingly said, oh, I'm starting my own militia. And I just laughed and they laughed and they never thought any more about it after that because then they didn't worry about it. I walked out the door and they didn't know who I was. But how do you explain buying 12 tents or how do you explain buying, you know, 18 lanterns or this, that and the other? You sometimes joking it off is the best thing you can do, but you don't want people knowing what you have. It's the best thing. Absolutely. And I mean, like even in the tent thing, I'd, I'd probably say something like, oh, we're getting them for the homeless in the area. Yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. something like that. Just just again, shifting people's focus right now. Some of us shop at survival stores, too. That's a little bit different. They obviously know why you're there. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they pretty much know. <laughs> but uh, one more thing I want to throw out there with this is in, and it's a little bit it's firearms related is, is also, guys. One thing I, I don't recommend also is uh, shopping at the same gun shops all the time, not buying ammo from the same place all the time, not purchasing guns from the same place all the time i i do recommend kind of spreading that business around two reasons um someone's going to start you know figuring out your stockpiling you know maybe these gun shop owners are your friends now when shit hits the fan they might not be true and uh the other thing is you're supporting more gun shops and gun shops do need the support okay it's true so that that's another part of that too for me what i do is when i go out i might buy like a box or two of you know, nine mil or 40 or something at one store. And then like, I happen to be out at a different store one day and I see there's a deal on five, five, six, maybe I'll pick that up, you know, try to try to spread that out and spread that a little bit thin, but that's about all I got for the gray man guys out. You got anything else? Uh, just become the gray man, hide the things that you're doing. You don't have to always lie, but not a whole truth is a good idea. And just try to blend in. Blending in is what you want to do. That's the number one thing. Blend in. Look, look normal, even though you're not. <laughs> Absolutely. And, guys, one more time, I want to reference it before we're out of here. Um, go check out this article at readytogosurvival.com. Um, look up the Gray Man article. I'll put it in the link for the show. It'll be in the show notes so you guys can go check that out. And uh, once again, guys, on TikTok – at its doomsday podcast 2.0 find al on there at big underscore daddy underscore prep and the email is it's doomsday podcast at gmail.com clearly after today's episode guys you know we respond to the email if you want to reach out if you want to request something do it 
you might as well. We want to know what you want to talk about because if we don't know, you might not like the topic. It's better to say, hey, this is something I want to hear and actually hear it than hear something that you don't want to hear. Right. And if other people don't like it, we could blame it on the person that requested it. Right. It's going to be your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll call you out by your full name. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's it. We're out of here. I want to thank everybody that uh, got on here. And guys, listen, I'd appreciate it uh, if you guys would start sharing the show with your friends so we can get as many people prepped as possible. Right. You know, share the show. Send them the Spotify link or the Apple podcast link or wherever you listen and say, hey, there's this new podcast. A lot of people don't even know what podcasts are. Right. Explain it to them. Share it with them. Right. I've, I, I'm educating people of my generation every day. <laughs> you don't know what a podcast is. All right, well, that's it. We're out of here. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities. Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.